Hi guys, Nick Jankowski from Mets Performance back for another Physiology Secrets podcast. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed the series so far and welcome back for 2018. Um, hopefully you've seen our uh, recent podcast that Luke did about our 2018 goals gives you a bit of an insight into what we're sort of looking at um, as a company going forward um, and hopefully it gives you a bit of an idea of what sort of some things you can come to expect from us from, from the next year. But Today I'm going to jump on about strength training a bit more and get a bit more uh, involved in sort of my philosophies as a strength coach uh, for endurance athletes. Um, I'm going to go through three points that, that I sort of build everything off and um, my three sort of keys to strength training in, in the endurance performance world. So I'm going, to, I'm going to start with the first one, which is um, endurance athletes generally shy away from the gym a bit. It's, it's starting to pick up a bit more traction, but traditionally they've shied away from the gym. Um, and my first thing is leave, when you go into the gym or you're going to go through strength training or you're training with a group, etc. Um, leave your ego at the door. Leave what everyone else is doing to everyone else. Go into the gym and do what you need to do to be a better athlete. Um, essentially, what I mean by this is um, if you're going down and you're training at your local gym and you see the big powerlifters um, pulling lots of weight, bench pressing, bench pressing 150 kilo. Um, do, doing massive bicep curls if they're a bodybuilder, etc. Go into the gym and just dig, as best you can, just ignore what other people are doing around you. Um, they're there for their own specific reasons and goals. Um, you are also there for your own specific reasons and goals. Um, endurance athletes are not powerlifters. We don't therefore need to be lifting 350 kilos in the gym, and um, or we're, we're not bodybuilders, so we don't need to be bicep curling massive massive weights. Um, it's not so much about how much how much you're lifting or what you're lifting, what you're doing. It's what are we doing that's specific to um, your endurance sport that's going to make you a better athlete. Um, so I think that's the first one. It's more of a mindset thing is, is when you come into the gym and I, uh, I know when I, if I have an athlete coming in and I'm going to work, work in a gym space with them, um, I like them to leave everything, everything else external to them outside um, as best they can. And then when they come into the gym, they're going to focus on what they need to do to get better. Um, so I think that's the first and foremost important point. Um, strength training is for everyone. Um, strength training is beneficial for everyone. The research shows that in clinical population, athletic population, wh wherever you want to look, anyone can benefit from strength training. Um, it's just about making sure you do what's best for you. Um, so it's into my second point, which is um, in doing so, we need to make sure that when we're in the gym, we're as safe as possible, but also we're getting the biggest bang for buck. And the way, the way we can do that is we need to be able to move correctly in the gym for the given exercises that we're, that we're prescribed. So um, in terms of injury prevention perspective, if we're moving correctly in the gym, it's going to translate to greater injury risk external to the gym. Um, but also if we're moving correctly in the gym, it puts us at less risk of, um, of, of injuring ourselves in the gym. Um, no point coming in if you're going to um, hurt yourself to then hurt yourself external to, to the strength training space. Um, if, you're, if you're getting injured by doing strength training, uh, there's a couple of things. You're either incorrectly mo moving through, through a particular exercise or you're, um, or you're doing a, an exercise or a load or a weight or a rep, rep scheme that it's just too advanced for you at the moment. Um, so that's where we have to consider things like how well are you moving through a squat? What is your range of motion like? What's your mobility um, like, flexibility, um, previous strength training history? Um, do you have any pre-existing medical conditions that are going to put you at slight or higher risk? Um, things like if you have 
um, if you, if you, have, you know you're going to have knee, knee valgus a little bit, um, how do we work around that initially to strengthen you up so make sure that your knees aren't going to collapse underneath you when you squat? Um, so we need, we need to make sure you, you're moving correctly, moving correctly anyway, even if we don't load you up and we're moving through a squat, for example, um, correctly in the gym. Um, it could just be as simple as practicing sitting up on a, on a bench and then getting back up in a correct way. Uh, it's going to simulate a squat. That's still going to translate to better motor pattern when you jump on the bike and, and go through a triathlon, for example. Um, you're just going to apply force in a better way. You're going to move your body as one as opposed to um, segments all kind of doing their own thing. So um, that's probably my second most important point. Fine. Firstly, leave the ego at the door and then make sure you've got your movement patterns down um, before you load up. Um, we can look at load later. If you can move great first, that is so much harder to develop than putting an extra five kilos on um, on, on the barbell or, or overhead pressing an extra, an extra little bit doing an extra set of, set of the exercise. Um, that can all progress later, um, but developing the fundamental motor, motor skills needed and required in the gym is a lot more difficult. Um, particularly as uh, if you're a younger athlete, it, that'll happen a little bit quicker because your mind is a little bit more uh, what we call plastic. So you're able to mold it a little bit, have higher plasticity. Um, once you start to get older, you, uh, you, ingrain, you ingrain some previous motor patterns already. Um, and it is a little bit harder to reprogram. It's definitely achievable and it's doable, um, but it is a little bit harder. So if you don't have a fully developed motor pattern in, in a deadlift and then you go on deadlift heavy and you're going to run into all sorts of problems. So number two point is make sure you're moving well first and, you're, and you're, you've, you've got the correct motor patterns to be able to perform the exercises. Um, the third point is it do, gym training and strength training for endurance athletes does not have to be complicated. Um, Keep it as simple as you like, but just hit the key exercises as, as best you can. So, and what I mean by that is um, there's a really, really good set of sort of, I guess, set of philosophy from Christian Woodford, who's a, who's a strength, strength and conditioning coach in Melbourne um, in the private sector. He works a lot with more um, sort of power and speed athletes. But having said that, his overall philosophy for athletic development um, is to focus on a big set, the big six, so that big six complex uh, compound movements um, that overall develop the body to be a better athlete, which is and as simple as squat, deadlift, an upper body push, so a bench press, an upper body pull, like a seated row or a bench pull, um, an overhead press and an overhead pull. So overhead press would be, um, say, a seated press where you're pushing from your shoulders up above your head, um, and then an upper body pull um, or an overhead pull would be like a pull-up or a chin-up. Um, hit those six with some core training as well. We add that as technically the seventh. But those six are going to be more than enough to develop you as a holistic athlete. Um, overall, you're going to be more robust. Um, it's going to translate into performance but also injury prevention. Um, but in all honesty, six exercises, think about that. It's pretty simple. Um, pretty simple to fit in during the week. Split them up. Um, if you're going to do two sessions, maybe do a squat, squat on one day, deadlift on the other day. You might do a bench press on your squat day and then on your deadlift day, you might do the bench pull. Just do the opposite, opposite ones. We need to make sure we're working the front and back though. Um, a lot of these exercises are what's called posterior chain. So the, the reverse side of your body. So think glutes, your back, uh, hamstrings, calves, etc. Um, these are going to be really beneficial because a lot of 
a lot of day-to-day -day activity is quite front dominant. We, we are facing forwards all the time. Therefore, we, we, we're using those muscles and we, we start coming forward a lot more. We're a lot more developed at the front. Um, and we need, to, we need to work in reverse so we're a lot more evened out. Um, particularly, say for example, in, in swimming, a, a, common, a common theme amongst swimmers in the research is that a lot of, a lot of chronic swimmers have um, what's called uh, thoracic kyphosis, or essentially rounding of the shoulders, um, which, is, which is due to that overall front, frontal movement all the time. Repetitive frontal movement just tightens them up. What we need to do is just open their chest up, roll their shoulders back, get them in a more neutral position. It's going to make them swim a lot better. Um, and that's essentially for all, for all athletes as well. We want to train almost the opposite of what we're doing in our endurance sport in the gym because it's going to make us a more whole, holistic, robust athlete. Um, so there's sort of my, my, my three sort of principles is, is don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Do your own thing that's going to be best for you. Um, get your movement and uh, your, your exercises perfect technique-wise first before you load them up. Um, whether that's get, getting a coach or um, finding a finding an expert, getting a strength and conditioning coach. Um, there, are, there are some good personal trainers out there. Um, there's plenty of resources online these days as well. Um, a strength and conditioning coach is going to be a bit more athlete focused as opposed to just your general population focus. So I'm going to go into that. But um, find someone who can help you with that, um, who, who knows a bit more about it than, than you already do. And a second opinion is always beneficial. Um, and then the third thing is, is just keep it simple. Hit some big compound movements. You can do things like calf raises and that as, as an accessory to it, but I'd be spending most of, my, most of my strength training time on your squat, deadlift, pull up, bench press, bench pull, and a, a seated row or, or, or some sort of variation as well. Um, and an overhead press, those big six exercises. Definitely add in some core as well. Like, like I said before, the, the technical seventh um, of that big, that big group. Um, and that's all you really need. They're the, they're, that, like I said, that's my three key points whenever I think about strength training is, is those three. Um, and that's going to put you well on the path to, to strength training correctly, keeping you injury free, keeping you safe in, in the gym environment, um, but also translating the better performance um, in your endurance sport, in the endurance sport of your choice, but, um, and then keeping you injury free in that endurance sport as well. Because um, that's our ultimate aim. If we can keep you swimming, riding, running, rowing, whatever it is, longer, and for a longer period of time without injury means we've got more time to spend on how can we improve your performance. So um, just Mike, sort of quick thoughts on strength training. Um, see you again in another podcast. I'm going to try and get another one uh, out on what we actually need to do and how we need to train uh, for endurance sports when we're training in the gym in terms of like loading schemes, etc. cetera. Um, but hope you enjoyed it and I'll see you.